Welcome to Punchlines. I am Frank Nicotero, longtime comedian, lifelong sports fan. What a big weekend in sports. We're going to have a lot of fun today. We have two amazing guests. One of them is sitting right there. I'm going to bring him in a, bring him in, in a second. It's October 30th, 2023. This is show Sweet 16. I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I'm not sure if the NCAA has a trademark on that, like the NFL does with the Super. I can't even say that. You have to call it the big game. Exactly. Matt, you know. Anyway, our show is the legal age to drive in most states today, episode 16. Thank you for watching. Make sure you hit subscribe. Ryan, our producer. Ryan, we're close to the drive for 500 subscribers. Did you see that? We are. We have 493. 493. We got like 20 last week. Drive for five. Whoever's the 500 subscriber, I already said this. I haven't cleared it with the top, uh, the brass, but we're going to put you on the show for five minutes. This, this could be Why a disaster. Not? Anyway, uh, we're just one day away from Halloween, and... Uh, Later on the show, coming up via the video, Hall of Famer Tom Glavin, 300-game winner. We're going to talk about if anyone will ever win 300 games again. And later on, the, later on, the director of the, the sportsbook here at the South Point, this is where we come to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada. That's the South Point Sportsbook right there. Packed all day yesterday. I was down there and watched the Steelers play another miserable game. Chris Andrews, who is a Steeler fan himself, will talk about the Steelers when he comes, uh, comes in later. But first, this man flew in last night to hang here at the South Point. And co-host with me for the next three days. I talked about it all last week. He's a two-time All-Star, 20-game winner, World Series champ at the Yanks, an all-time leader in Grand Slams hit by someone named Denny, and also the leader of Grand Slams surrendered by someone named Denny. That's Denny Nagel, my old buddy. Yeah, What's up, bud? Yeah, Denny. There's the <laughs> Denny is famous for his train noise. Ryan, at any point during the show, if you would like to hear the train sound, just ask for it. Try it out right now if you want. Can I, can I get it? It's oh, like a yeah. train's coming. And in Vegas, you never know because there are trains <laughs> yeah. here. Uh, Danny, how was the trip in, man? Here you are at the South Point. Oh, pretty uneventful. Yeah. I got to say, it was a little tiring, though. I got, just got done with five rounds of golf in four days with my boy <laughs> Pete Harness and a bunch of buddies down in Florida. But I said, I have to make it out to Vegas to see my boy Frank woo! live. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> I can't do it. Sounds like Thomas the Train is having a stroke when I do it. Uh, Danny, you were playing with Pete Harnish. I played in one of your golf tournaments. We're going to talk about your charity later, ConnorCares.org. I played with Pete Harnish. He was awesome. Great dude. Former man. major league pitcher. Now, these guys, he, I don't know if you heard, Ryan, they talked about their fantasy league they're in. And Denny once kind of invited, he said, hey, if you want to be in our league. And then he told me the entry fee. And I said, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> because you, you guys are still playing for big money, right? Yeah, it's like two, uh, two grand entry fee. Two grand. All right. I might, that's still, <laughs> what do you pay for entry fee, Ryan? A <laughs> hundred. <laughs> right. And that's, but this is, that's like, that's. Too rich for my blood right there. So, uh, you know, I, I feel bad. We should start the show with the national anthem uh, before we get to the full slate of action. And, uh, Denny, I'm going to play a clip from last night, uh, national anthem, and it's a trivia question for you. Do we have the slide? We're going to bring this up? Yeah, we've up? got the slide. All right, we're going to bring this up. Denny, last night at the Milwaukee Bucks game, who sang the national anthem? Was it A, Fergie, B, Cindy Lauper, or C, Flava Flav? It's a little quiz. We've never done this. We're doing a punchlines quiz. I'm going to go with, yeah, boy. There's, you thought Flavor Flav sang the national I, anthem? Dude, I thought that was the least likely candidate, so I went with that one. I, I don't well, know who it was. It's got a hit with the jersey. Roll the clip. Last night, Hawks at Milwaukee Bucks. Stand by. Stand by. <laughs> We're going to shoot. There it is. Okay, the players are lined up. Who's singing the national anthem? Is Denny Nagel right? He's going with Flavor Flav, which seems like a highly illogical. Which is why it's got Why it's, well. Equally bad. Equally As bad. As Fergie's. Fergie's was hers? horrible. There he is. <laughs> you to listen to me? Yeah. You got it, Denny. First, first trivia ever. 
That's the first time we've ever asked a question on the show. There you go. Flavor Flav said, yeah, yeah, boy. Yeah, he, did, he had a little clock. And uh, by the way, he so inspired the Milwaukee Bucks that they got crushed at home by the Atlanta Hawks. And I had Milwaukee. So that's why, of course. I saw Flavor Flav sing the National Anthem. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put some money on the Bucks. Minus six and a half at home on a Sunday night. No, 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 no. It was uh, – I. Did you ever see the clip of Ja Rule in Milwaukee? He's like, Milwaukee, are you ready? And the crowd. What, was he at least better nothing. than Roseanne Barr? Roseanne Barr nope. in San Diego. <laughs> nope. Uh, there's some, the worst is Carl Lewis, Olympics player oh, Carl gosh, Lewis. Yeah. By the way, you guys are watching the show live on YouTube right now, I know. After the show, wait till the end at 1 o'clock before Sports by the Book comes on later. Stay on YouTube. Google worst national anthem performances. Carl Lewis will be there. Roseanne will be there. She grabbed her crotch at the end. People booing her. Spitting. Yeah. Uh, ja Rule, I haven't nice. seen that. So he's trying to get that crowd hype. Yep. No one interacted. <laughs> Milwaukee at all. with me. <laughs> nope. Crickets. Crickets. Was that before or after the Firefest disaster? I don't know. It was probably before. Uh, all right. Well, Denny, you're one for one. I might have another quiz for you in a second. Perfect. Um, we have a full slate of action tonight in all the leagues. We have NBA action. We have the NHL. And Denny, as you know, our special guest, Tom Glavin, big hockey fan. We're going to talk about hockey. Ryan's a big hockey fan. Golden Knights at home tonight. And our local football team, I always pause when I say this so I don't say Oakland, <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders will be playing on Monday night yeah, in Raiders. Detroit. It's the first time Detroit's had a game since uh, on Monday night since uh, JFK was in the White House or something. No, it's not. But it's like <laughs> 20 years since Detroit's hosted and it's Devil's Night in Detroit. Do you know what Devil's Night is? I do not know. Devil's Night is this thing that started in Detroit where there's like mass vandalism. Uh, it's also called Mischief Night. It's practiced in cities like Philadelphia, but chiefly associated by serious vandalism and arson seen in Detroit, Michigan from the 60s to the 90s, but prompted Angel's Night, which the community has since cleaned up. So they don't do it. But there used to be cars and couches burning in Detroit. So, Detroit, you're on national TV tonight. Your lines are good. Don't do anything stupid on Devil's Night. Wait for listen Halloween. Listen to the now. angel. Yeah, listen to the <laughs> angels. Uh, all right, Danny, we got to talk about last Thursday night. I lost a bet. It's one day from Halloween. I'm 0-3 against this guy in bet. So, uh, I know you bet. We're going to get into betting. Don't worry. It was Buffalo favored by 9.5 points over Tampa Bay last Thursday. The loser had to carve a pumpkin. And I had to carve a pumpkin. So, I did it. So, the, Ryan, you won again. The mistake you correct. did was letting him have first choice. I let him have first choice. You can have the next three first choices. <laughs> I get the next three first choices. That's fine. The pressure's fine. on me. All right, here's the pumpkin I made. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, I made this. This is da, 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 Ryan. Da, da, Ryan. Here's your pumpkin da, 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 da. right there. There's oh, Ryan, nice. ladies and gentlemen. So, as nice. you can see, I got the glasses on. I'll bring a tie for it Looks tomorrow. Like, yeah, the tie. We forgot to put the tie and the nose in your big smile because you always yeah. win, don't you? It looks yeah. like Harry Carey. <laughs> 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 yeah. And then uh, we also have this one, uh, super fan made, uh, right here. This one says, oh, yeah. it says Ryan is Three better than Frank. It's got the greater sign, right? Ryan is better nice. than Frank. <laughs> Three nice. and oh. So there you go. That's, and, that's the best one. And tomorrow, yeah, you like them both. There you go. And tomorrow, by the way, where should I place these for viewers? Right there. We don't want them to obstruct. I mean, I if like you want them in front of right you, you can do that. Oh, God, or in here's the middle. something you don't get to see on the show. Me getting into this chair. <laughs> five six license says five seven six two with the afro okay all right, here we go uh, we can leave that in front of me right there there you go there's a nice three shot why don't we get we'll get ryan there, there. so ryan's always near and dare to me uh so yeah that makes, I, that makes you look good yeah and it was a fluky touchdown that i lost on mike evans catching that ball that ricocheted Luke's off happy. uh detroit tonight at home they're favored by what's the current line is it like nine and a half here at south point i believe so yeah we'll check on that but it's like nine and a half 
Uh, the Lions at home tonight. What do you think? You watch? We'll watch Monday Night Football. The World Series is on tonight too. Great sports night. Yeah, it's a great sports night. Are you? You're, he's a Commanders fan. He's from. He's. Look uh, he at him. Struggled to even say that. Even yeah, too. and they they had Philly. It was a division game. It's down Dude, to Sam, seven. I mean, Sam Howell's been playing great. You know the defense is. Oh, man, yeah. every time I think they're going to be that solid defense that we were supposed to be. Yeah. Going in a couple years ago, even too. They just keep letting up too much, too much yardage and stuff, man. And I'm seeing that Chase Young and is it Montez Sweat or yep. Sweet, they could both be on the block Ugh. trading deadlines tomorrow, and then that's a teardown right there. Well, I figured and something like that. You know, you figure with new ownership coming in, they yeah. want to start to kind of do their own thing now and stuff. So I figured a couple guys might be on the block. As long as they make some good moves, I'll be happy with it. Who is the old owner? You never hear about, uh, you never heard yeah, about him some much. Yeah, guy yes. named Snyder. Jesus, what a, what a mess <laughs> that guy was. The uh, Monday night game, Monday night game is down to seven. It's down to seven? Seven. Dude, I like Detroit Lions this year, by man. seven. I do too. Was there a late injury or something or someone not starting? That, that's a big jump right there from the sports book. We can talk about that with Chris Andrews, who will be in later on. But that's a big jump. So Detroit by a touchdown. You know what it is, too? A lot of local money may be coming in on Vegas, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Lot With no of, hook. A lot of Vegas money. It's just a flat seven. Just Dude, a flat I'm, seven. I'm happy, for, I'm happy for golf, man. I think it's been incredible to watch his progress the last couple of years with them now. I mean, I mean, you know, after losing the Super Bowl, was it 13-3? Uh, McVay kind of had washed his hands of him. And then he comes. And Detroit might end up with the better of that deal. I mean, Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl for the Rams, of course. But it's a good trade for both. It's rare that a team works out. Uh, works out and gets a trade for both yep. of them. The Fall Classic is tonight. Um, we didn't play you in with the song. Uh, I, and the reason I ask is we've talked about this on the show before. Uh, in baseball, they have a walk-up song. Um, relievers, Mario Rivera would come in with, what, Enter Sandman by yes, Metallica. classic. Trevor Hoffman. Uh, Hell's Bells. Hell's Bells by ACDC. Did you have a song? Because you, the players get to pick their walk-up song. Yeah, I picked, I, w I would kind of go through my different genres of music. Okay. So, like, when I was at the Braves, I remember I had Machine Head by Bush. Yeah. He yeah, doesn't love yeah, Bush, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Frank, come Not on. since the 70s. But anyway. <laughs> but, uh, and then, and, you know, I, God, and then I went through, I had, like, my metal kind of thing. So, I um, had. Um, Some Creed. I definitely had Creed the one year too. Yep, and then um, I stand alone by uh, Godsmack. Oh God, yeah, because wow, okay. you know it's kind of like you're on the on the mound alone. I stand yeah. alone out oh, here. Oh wow! See, there you go. See and what of I course, Ryan asked Ryan all the time what his walk up music was or would be, and he goes uh, something rap. That's all you said. Well, yeah, but then there's also uh, Master of Puppets, Metallica. Oh, that's See, dude, that's a good one. Again, do you think that guy right there? Do you think that would have been his walk up song? No, but that's what makes it great. That's what makes it great. <laughs> um, so uh, I wanted to talk about uh, what was the, the the scariest songs? Oh yeah, I want to talk about scariest songs. So we're gonna go into some fast takes about this. Um, I love walk up songs. I always said mine might be like uh, I, this. Is, I don't know if this is wimpy or not, but Big Shot by Billy Joel. It's got a good guitar riff at the beginning. Big Shot, you know. Oh yeah, okay, that's not bad. I'm very old. Um, <laughs> So I want to talk about Halloween. Scariest song. I, I Googled this, scary songs, because I want to talk about Halloween songs. And the song that scares most people, according to something I saw on the internet, and Denny, you're the age that you might agree with this, it's the theme to the, the movie Halloween. I Dude, I was going to say, let me guess. I'm sorry. You should have jumped Soon in. You never stopped. It never hesitate to jump in. Either that one or hearing, one, two, Freddy's coming for That's you. That's a scary Nightmare one too, right? <laughs> Any song sung by a little kid is always spooky, right? <laughs> like every movie trailer is always a little girl going, she'll be coming round the mountain. And, and it's like some guy in the house, Debbie, is that you? So uh, yeah, so it's scary. But um, it turns out the, the theme from Halloween, it was on the internet. And uh, I have a quiz for you right now. I'm going to tell you right now, this w in conjunction with Halloween, what Hall of Fame athlete used the theme to Halloween as his hype music on his headphones in the locker room? So no one else knew what he was listening to, all right? So here are your choices for this. 
Do I have the choices? Should I say them? All right, so choice A, Randy Johnson, B, Kobe Bryant, or C, Tom Brady. This this athlete used the Halloween theme to psych himself up for games. See, if you if you hadn't said Hall of Famer, then I would have gone with Mike Myers, you know, one of the <laughs> one of one of the pitchers, you know. <laughs> yeah, I remember him. But that. I'm gonna go with because of he's so intimidating looking anyways, but the music just goes, I'm gonna go with Randy Johnson. All right, let's see if Denny can go two for two. What do we see? Let's see. It's kind of oh! Dang it. So watch this, Kobe. I used to, uh, play the Halloween theme song over and over and over in my headphones. He would listen to it over and over Freaking. in his head. <laughs> Seriously. 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 Black Mamba, baby. How Black about that? Mamba. Is that not the, that's the creepiest hype music I've ever heard. But hey, if that worked for him, that worked. I mean, obviously something was working. It worked really well for him. I guess it had nothing to do with all that talent either. Oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah, but that's such. Isn't that wild? The Halloween theme. Kobe was different. Yeah, he said it's because of the Michael Myers mask, just a stone faced killer. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. like that. Black Mamba. And then uh, no last, night, I also saw. I, I I refuse to talk about Miles Garrett as Player of the Year defensively because because <laughs> TJ Watts in the league still. So he came and dressed as the Jeepers Creepers guy. I don't know oh, uh, to the game as a. Find a picture of that. We'll show it later if you can. But uh, let's move on to Scorigami. As if he's not scary enough as it yeah, is. Yeah, he <laughs> came in as Jeepers Creepers. There's a shot on the internet. I meant to send it to you, Ryan. My bad. Um, do you know what Scorigami is? Are you familiar with this? I have not heard of it. I know. I have, there's this guy that uh, has figured out every NFL game in history and every score of every game. So there was a score yesterday that had never happened. Now, the first time I heard about this was when the Steelers beat San Diego like 12-11 a few years ago. And, you know, with the prevalence of two-point conversions and all this – so um, there was game yesterday. Uh, here are the NFL games. Do we have the NFL games that the scores, the final scores at all? Right? Ryan, do we have that, the final score? Yep. Okay. So there's the final scores, Danny. I don't know if you can see all those. So there's the lines. There are the final scores. One of those games was a scoregami. It had never happened before. You can see Buffalo-Tampa Bay. It wasn't that game because I already tipped it off. It was yesterday. So you got New Orleans, 38-27. Jacksonville, 20-10. Carolina, 15-13. Possibility. 38-31, 43-20, Dallas over the Rams, 31-17, or Giants 13-10, which? I'm going with the 15-13. 15-13 is an odd game. The correct answer was the Rams in Dallas. 43-20 had never happened wow. in the NFL history. That's crazy. It's amazing. There's a guy that has this website. He'll tell you the most common scores <laughs> in NFL history. The most common score in NFL history, 20-17. to uh, Your guess, though, 15-13? Last happened October 27th, 2019. It's happened 17 times before. 17 wow. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, but 43-20 doesn't seem that rare to me, but it was the first time it's ever happened. So congratulations to Dallas and the Rams making history. And then the last week, uh, last story we'll talk about real quick. Uh, I went to hit underdogs this weekend. I wanted to find out how the underdogs did. And the first story that popped up was a story not about underdogs, but about Brett Michaels, who's from the Pittsburgh area. Uh, underdogs this weekend crushed. I think they were 8-7. and seven. Uh, going into tonight's game, you're thinking about the Raiders. Maybe that's why the line came down. It always seems like they're balanced, except for last week when underdogs crushed it. It was ridiculous. It was all underdogs last week. We've got the photo of Miles Garrett walking in. Oh, you got my oh, show Miles Garrett as Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> okay, uh, here he comes possibly. in. We have it. Just imagine Miles Garrett looking scarier. This is Frank. Frank's really scary. That's looking. me. Just look at yeah. me and imagine yeah. me with the Miles, the, the Jeepers Creepers mask on. <laughs> All right, it's coming. Oh. I I asked for it live. That's why our crew can get it done that fast. Jerry Pause. and Ann and Sean. There we go. Sean's not here, Matt. There he is. Cover? Look at him walking in. Oh, yeah. Now that, and then they, yeah, they went out and lost, by the way. So that Full was hands, good because I like when Cleveland loses. But <laughs> yeah. All right. You know what? 
Let's just go to our guest. We'll do the story. We'll do the dog. We'll do that later. We'll talk about our charity stuff later. Let me get my headphones right here. So get your headphones on. Uh, it's twelve fifteen. We got to get this guy on. Uh, this gentleman. He's he's not he's not ready. Oh, he's not ready. He's not ready. Okay, then let's do the dog story. So we'll hold on one second. All right. So the underdogs again. Uh, if if a lot of maybe a lot of people are betting the Raiders tonight because if they cover the seven, it's eight and eight. The NFL loves you know the the whole scripted NFL. They love to keep it even. It's not scripted, scripted. ladies and gentlemen. It's not scripted, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And Detroit's going to crush them tonight, I believe. But what do I know? That's why I have two stupid-ass pumpkins in front of me right now because I lose at every bet. I did win last night. I had Austin Eckler scoring a touchdown. All right. So um, there was a dog. There was a dog uh, that was named Brett Michaels at a dog shelter. They named it Brett Michaels. This dog is a hero. This was in Nebraska, a six-year-old husky. So they named him Brett Michaels. Now, this dog, uh, they found this dog, and they noticed he was losing some weight. It turned out he had uh, a rare blood condition. But they had three one-month-old kittens that were brought in in need of a transmission or transfusion. <laughs> so they gave the blood from the husky, and it saved the kitten's life. So this dog becomes viral, this Brett Michaels dog. And guess what? It gets back to Brett Michaels, big Steeler fan from outside of Pittsburgh, Butler County. He adopts the dog. Look at the dog. That dog looks like Max Scherzer. And if you know what I mean, because doesn't Max Scherzer? Yeah, you have the whole Max Scherzer, they should have called him Max Scherzer because Max Scherzer, who I believe is starting tonight for the Rangers, he has two different color eyes. Check that out. Max Scherzer, if you've ever looked, tonight when they do close-ups, they'll probably talk about it on the World Series because they're always looking for well, stuff to talk about. Why do about. I see similarities between Brett Michaels and the dog? <laughs> yeah, they they kind of they look similar. They have like the goatee. And the, so anyway, Brett Michaels gets hashtagged about this story and ends up adopting the dog. That's pretty cool. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. And I myself have adopted two dogs, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, this week, uh, I'm trying to raise money for the shelter. Here's a picture of one of my dogs. This is Scooby. So if you don't mind, if you could go to Venmo, I'm, I'm kind of in a contest. I'm trying to raise money to uh, help this, this great foundation. I've adopted two dogs. I have Scooby and Marty. Marty looks like an alien. I don't have a picture of him. I'll have him tomorrow. But anyway, if you can donate, uh, it's at Venmo. There it is. Expedition Online. And then hashtag team start. So I'm kind of in a competition. Need to raise money by the end of the week. We're trying to do a little contest. Is that one of the dogs? That is Scooby right there. Oh. He's the best. He's great. And then his brother, Marty, I'll show to him. All right. Okay. So uh, we're going to come back with Tom Glavin, but we're going to throw it over. Do you have dogs still? Uh, do you have any dogs? Or I did, man. I lost my chocolate lab about a year and a half ago. And I bring up right before this ah. makes it depressing. <laughs> chocolate labs are the best. Oh, he was the best, man. And the World Series tonight, we're very excited to talk about with our guest soon. And right now, currently, it's this game is in Arizona, and the line is like it's it's Arizona's actually favored, but I think Texas still in the. What do you got there, Ryan? Um, so I've got Rangers minus one ten, and the Diamondbacks are even money yeah. plus hundred. But still, Rangers are still the series price. So I don't know. I I still th I'm still rooting for the Rangers. Um, you've watched the first two games. What do you think so far? Man, I'll tell you what. I mean. You know, I, I think Texas has to get their bats going early. You yeah. Know, they, because even game one, they obviously they had to do that by the comeback action, you know, and stuff. So I think, you know, their, their table setters got to set the tone, you know, and stuff. And the guys got to start coming through in the clutch a little bit early in the game. And they can't wait for that long, you know, because then once you hand it over to the Rangers bullpen, I think they have the advantage still. Did you ever play in Texas? You probably never – did you pitch in Texas? Was that, there Not this stadium now. Yeah, no, that's yeah. right, the new stadium, yeah. the old one, which, by the way, wasn't that old when exactly. they tore it down. That's the kind of money Texas has. They had Arlington forever, and then they get this new stadium, and then a couple years ago they're like, you know what, we need a new damn stadium. And it's crazy that the old, that their old stadium is still up right next to it. I think they use it for, like, their AAA team now or something. Oh, my God, there's too much money in Texas right now. Uh, they got right. oil there, I think. Yeah, and oil. They got a lot of money in Texas, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Tom Glavin, talk a bunch of baseball. Then Chris Andrews will be in here to talk numbers and gambling. 
And uh, that's why there's a pumpkin, because I need all the help I can get. So Chris will just uh, give us some help. So we'll be right back. If you're celebrating a special occasion or just love fine dining, you're in the right place. Come experience the crown jewel of South Point restaurants, Michael's Gourmet Room. Welcome. With over 600 different types of wines and magnificent dishes prepared tableside, you'll revel in the rich classic Vegas decor and the best black tie service in the world. This intimate gourmet room has earned accolades galore. Come to Michael's Gourmet Room for an unforgettable dining experience. Another famous restaurant is the Silverado Steakhouse, where you'll find the charm and service that discerning patrons require. From top quality steaks and chops to fresh seafood and desserts, you'll love the award-winning wine list and menu at Silverado Steakhouse. Steak lovers have even more options with primarily prime rib. Catering to hearty appetites, the menu features a variety of flavorful prime rib cuts, dry aged to ensure tenderness, and then seasoned and slowly roasted. Although prime rib is our specialty, it's not the only thing on the menu. There's something for everyone. And if you're craving a taste of Italy, come experience delicious Italian cuisine and the attentive service at Don Vito's. Our culinary team starts with the freshest ingredients and transforms them into traditional favorites. And don't forget Italian desserts. Don Vito's, savor the taste of Italy. Finally, if sushi is more your style, join us at the popular Zenshin Asian restaurant and sushi bar, where we're serving up the freshest sashimi, nigiri, and sushi rolls. And beyond the sushi, an exciting contemporary Asian cuisine menu. Plus, a variety of specialty drinks, Japanese and domestic beer, wine, and sake. Balance your hunger with Zenshin. All right, so we're back. Uh, we, have a, we have a live comment about Denny Nagel. By the way, get your comments into Denny. We'll read them later if you have something or a question. What is it, Ryan? Yeah, Bob Dell just wanted to know how much weight Denny lost. He said he looks good. He looks 40. What? Who's that, Bob? Bob Del Piso. Bob you Del. know Bob Delmont. Oh, my Bob. buddy from yeah. Baltimore. Well, thank you, Bob. I really appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, I dropped a few pounds here, getting in a lot better shape for what my do heart. You do, what do you do to, to lose the weight? <clears throat> Dude, good old-fashioned regular diet, and I'm in the gym like five days a week now. Damn it. See, I only go three days a week, and I don't <laughs> diet. I haven't been to a gym since the last millennial. All right, so uh, it High looks school. like our guest is ready. I'm very, let's throw the headsets yeah, on. Do it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is very exciting. This will be our first Hall of Famer ever on the show on episode 16. This gentleman, of course, is in the Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer. Played with the Atlanta Braves, where he played with Denny Nagel, the Mets, then back to the Braves. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Glavin is here. Tom, what is happening? Wow, this is very exciting. Thank you for being here, Tom. Wow, I'm just inspired here looking at Denny and listening to that routine. So I don't know, I don't know about five days a week in the gym, but we'll see. Maybe three. I might start with three. Get a little jazzercise. Now you guys were was he golfing <laughs> there with, you go, yeah. Was he golfing with you? I know you guys No, he wasn't on this trip. He wasn't on this trip, but um actually I have a question for you right now, uh Tom, about Denny Nagel and his golf. What what number is higher? Your percentage of votes to get into the Hall of Fame or the last time he played 18 holes with you? <laughs> what number would be higher? Ooh, ooh. Um I think I would say my percentage of votes. Denny's a little bit better than that. All right, Denny, what'd you shoot last time probably with Tom? What are you shooting right now? Oh, with Tom? Gosh, I mean, that's been a while since him and I played together. Or with anybody. This past weekend, uh, would you? Like six handicap. Okay, well, that is good. Tom was 91.9% into the Hall of Fame. 
Who are the eight percent? Did we find out who these eight percenters are that we have to? I don't know, but they're losers. They're losers, absolutely. <laughs> um, Tom, you know what? We're gonna instead of talking baseball first, we're we're big hockey guys here. We got a Golden Knights game, and as everybody knows, and Denny's like, you know, Tom was drafted. I'm like, yeah, I know he was drafted in the NHL. You had an unbelievable uh, the career you had before when you were drafted in both leagues uh, as a junior player. You were drafted in the fourth round of the NHL draft, number sixty nine. Of course, 69th pick. Denny's nice. 69th pick, yeah. Um, and I know you grew up a big Boston Bruins fan. You grew up in Massachusetts. So how much do you still love hockey, and, and do you ever regret not going hockey in, instead of baseball? Uh, well, the, the first part of that, uh, I just checked my Bruins app this afternoon, or about 10 minutes ago to see if they were playing tonight. So, yeah, I got a game to watch tonight, so that's good. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't, I don't, don't regret it, obviously. I, I mean, I wonder what would have happened, but um, – you know, and I think that's only natural. But um, you know, I don't, I don't second guess that decision. I can't imagine that hockey would have worked out any better than baseball <laughs> did. So, uh, you know, I think, I think I'm lucky in that, in that way. Since you know, so I don't have to second guess it at all. But yeah, there aren't, there aren't many times that, uh, you know, I watch a game and don't think about, man, I wonder what would have happened, or, you know, look at guys that are that are playing in games that I watch and and kind of compare. Uh, myself to where I was, um, you know, at 20 years old and what kind of, you know, what kind of player I may have been uh, at that at that age. But, um, you know, I think that's natural to wonder what would happen. All right, my, my question is, like, when you were 16, Tommy, what would you say your favorite sport was between the two, baseball or hockey? Uh, I would probably lean hockey. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's why – that's why I liked pitching, right? In hockey, you step on the ice, you're in the action. Um, you know, you're a part of it. In baseball, you know, playing the outfield can get a little bit boring sometimes. So uh, <laughs> I, I think that's, like I said, I think that's, aside from the fact that I had a good arm, so I, you know, obviously starting out at Little League, you start out, you got a good arm, okay, go play, you know, shortstop. In my case, being a lefty, I started out playing third base. And then it was like, oh, okay, you got a really good arm. Let's put you on the mound. So, <laughs> you know, you just tend you tend to gravitate that way when you have a good arm. So, um, but I think being on the mound, it was it was a similar rush for me as as being on the ice. You know, you're in it. You're, everything starts and ends with you and the pitch you make. So that was always exciting for me. And you know how good he must have been? There, there are two Hall of Famers, NHL Hall of Famers, that were drafted after him. I mean, you know, you know who the two are, right, Tom? Uh, yeah, Brett Hell, Luke Robitaille. I remind those guys every time I see them. So, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and by the way, the Bruins are playing the Panthers tonight, which right now Boston can't be a big fan of because that's who, you know, Boston had your, your NHL all-time points total, right, last year? Yeah, President's Trophy President's winners. President's Trophy yeah. winners and lost to Florida. Yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, um, I, that was probably the one matchup that I was worried about more than any, any other potential matchup. They, I don't know, Florida matched up well against them, obviously. And, and, uh, you know, even going into that series, Florida played them tough all year long, uh, during the season. I think they were the only team that beat them twice during the regular season. So, uh, I knew it was going to be a tough matchup and, and, uh, you know, it, it ended up being the case, unfortunately. <laughs> now tonight's also the world series. So there's a lot to watch tonight. You got a Bruins game. You got Monday Night Football, and you have the World Series. So sports equinox. It's a sports equinox. So October is the best time of year. Yeah. So what? What is? What are your thoughts so far on watching Arizona and Texas play in the World Series? You know, I mean, uh, Game Two obviously wasn't a, wasn't a ton of fun to watch, so to speak. Unless you were a Diamondbacks fan, then I'm sure you loved it. But, well, I had um, the over, so the know, over. Game was late, so that was good. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, I mean, I, I look, I, I think both teams are a great story, right? Similar similar to the, my 91 Braves team, right? I mean, we stunk in, in 90 and 89 and all those years. And uh, here we were in the World Series in 1991. So I think both of these teams uh, have had a similar path. They both were not very good last year and, and you know, even for the last few years. So uh, a little bit of a surprise. Obviously, I don't think there are two teams that uh, too many, if anybody, would have picked a, to be in the World Series to start the season. But... Yeah, I think that's one of the great things about baseball, right, is that every year there's somebody that comes out of nowhere uh, and either finds their way into the postseason or even finds their way into, you know, into the World Series. And I think, uh, again, the last couple of years, I think we've had uh, teams in the World Series that I don't think too many people would have picked to start the year. And and, and I think that's a great thing for the sport. But, um, you know, the games have been fun to watch. I mean, listen, um, Texas – you know, for all the talk that, that there was surrounding Atlanta and the Braves and their offense, which deservedly so, you know, Texas was on their on their doorstep. You know, the, offensively, they were second-best team in baseball behind the Braves, so they can hit. Uh, so that part of it's no surprise. And I think with, with um, Arizona, I got a chance to see Arizona early in the year, uh, and they were scrappy. They were they were good. And then they went through that little lull in, in July, I guess, and um, you know, scrap their way back into the postseason. But, you know, they're they're kind of an old school team. They, they're they a scrappy team. They play small ball. Uh, they try to beat you a bunch of different ways. And, and you know, that when they pitch good, they're good. So, um, I mean, I think it's it's a it's a really interesting matchup between two different teams. But, you know, game one was fun to watch. Hopefully game three is going to be a little bit more fun. What do you what do you think and what do you uh, expect out of old uh, Max Scherzer, a future Hall of Famer tonight? Right. What do you think? What do you think we're going to get from him? You know, I don't know. You know, I mean, I think obviously with with a guy like Max and his reputation and and you know his demeanor, uh, you know he's you know you know when he goes out on the mound. Sorry, you know when he goes out on the mound, he's going to battle. Take your right? pill, Tom. Um, yeah, no. That's, that's, that's reminding me for carpool. Um, but you know what he's going to. You know he's going to go out there and battle. Uh, that's not a question. But I think you know it's you never know what you're going to get from a guy when he's had time off. Um, you know I know he pitched a couple times in the last in the last series, but um, you know it, you just don't know. And and you know when when a guy's been hurt and trying to refine himself, so to speak. It's one thing to do it against a you know a last place club in the middle of August, but when you're doing it in the World Series, it's a tough place to find yourself. But uh, you know, you know, you know, Max. He's a bulldog. He's going to go out there. He's going to take the ball. He's going to give it everything he has. And uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out there and pitches a good ball game. And if you noticed, I've I've been quiet since Tom brought up the 1991 playoffs. It's still, uh, Tom. I'm born and raised yeah. in Pittsburgh. I'm an, I'm a I'm a diehard Pittsburgh Pirate fan. We're not talking about 92. I'll stay with 91. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> okay. I can't talk Fair about enough. 92. Yeah. I'm not talking. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna say Sid. I can't even say his name. Uh, or Francisco. <laughs> yeah. or, or, son of a bitch. All right. Anyway, um, in '91, that was that was the year you really emerged as a pitcher, and you got to pitch in your first World Series. Kind of like tonight's starter, right? I, I tease the guy. His name's Brendan Pafat. <laughs> you don't pronounce the P. It's Pafat. Yeah. Brendan Pafat. Yeah. Who's been unbelievable. So. Uh, do you remember what was it like? You're kind of in the same situation he has pitching in your first World Series. What was that? What are your memories of that in '91 against the Twins? You know, it's, it was nerve wracking. I mean, look, you've never been there, so um, you know it, it's uh, it's really easy for people to tell you, "Hey, just relax and go out there and pitch." But it's it's in reality, it's a lot harder to do, right? And and I think you know, so often we have that debate. 
uh, in baseball in particular about, okay, would you rather have talent or experience when you get to this point in time? And, you know, ideally you'd like to have a little bit of both. Um, but I think when you have a guy that's talented, doesn't have the experience, um, you know, it's, it's tough for those guys. And I know it was for me, right? I, I likened it to when you got called up to the big leagues from the minor leagues, right? Every, when you get called up, the first thing everybody tells you is, hey, just go out there and do what you've been doing to get to the big leagues. Those that That's good enough, right? And, and yeah, you hear that, but I don't think you really believe it until you go out there and, and kind of experience it and see it. Uh, and I think the same is true in postseason baseball. You feel like, okay, these guys I'm pitching against are really good. I have to be really good. I can't make any mistakes. Um, and there is some truth in that, but – you know, the same things you did all all year long to be successful will be fine when you're in the postseason. But it's hard to get yourself to believe that until you start to witness it. But, you know, it's it's um, it, it's a fun place to be. I mean, I the guys who can go out there and live in the moment and just enjoy it and don't get so caught up in, in what it all means, I think, are the guys that tend to, to perform better. Uh, not only in general, but I think particularly as young, inexperienced playoff guys. You know, and I think it's going to really help the kid too, knowing that he went in there and what was it? Game was it game seven? It was game seven. He started. Yeah, the NLCS. Yeah, yeah. the fact that he He was was able to keep his heartbeat down in that game, you know, and and go out there and have a pretty successful outing, I think says a lot for him. So I think that'll translate into a good outing tonight as well, too. So I think it'll be. I actually think it'll be a pretty good pitcher's duel. It should be. And are you a National League guy through and through? Do you always root for the NL, or do you sometimes root for the AL? Like, who are you rooting for? Do you just want to see a good series? I mean, I, you know, I typically lean NL, but it, I guess it depends on, you know, obviously if the Red Sox weren't in, I'd probably root for the Red Sox being from Boston. <laughs> but, um, you know, other than that, it usually kind of kind of goes to guys that I know a little bit, you know. So, like, even in this series, I don't, obviously I don't have a dog in the hunt, but, you know, I know I know Bochi a little bit. You know, obviously I played a long time with, with Maddox and his brothers, the pitching coach, yeah. so I know Mike a little bit. So, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff you tend to gravitate to unless, um, you know, again, it's uh, my home team or, uh, you know, something like that. It's, it's really been incredible, man, what Bochi has done in his career and stuff. I mean, it's unbelievable for him to come out of retirement and, you know, the yeah. first year take another team to the World Series. And the fact the Padres let Bob Melvin go to the Giants, did they not learn when they let when they let Bochi go to, to coach an inner, a team in your own division and go and win three World Series? What is he thinking there? Um, so uh, tell me, a Denny, what was it like playing with Denny Nagel, my co-host for the next three days? What's a good Denny Nagel story? What was it like playing with Nagel and having him on the Braves with you guys? Well, I can tell you what it wasn't. It wasn't quiet, you know. I mean, uh, call for a trade. Give us a trade. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, you know, anytime, any, if you ever wondered where Denny was, all you had to do was listen for the train, and you, you knew you knew Denny was or around. Or a couple but, fart uh, noises. He, you know, yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, look, that's that's what he was, right? I mean, he's, uh, you know, I don't know if high energy is the right thing, but just a guy that had, always had fun. It was always laughing. Uh, you know, sometimes when it was your day to pitch, you kind of had to go hide and get away from Danny a little bit if you wanted to, uh, you know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to clear your mind and try to get right uh, mentally. Um, you know, because it just, like I said, it wasn't uh, wasn't a lot of quiet time. You weren't you weren't in the library when Denny was around. I, I can assure you of that. So. Denny, is this true? 
Uh, guilty. Yeah. yeah, right. Were you the loudest guy in the locker room? Who else was loud in those Braves locker rooms? Uh, I probably was right up there being the loudest for sure. Yeah. It I wasn't mean, Maddox. We know that. No, no. And there, no. There's other things that we could use to describe Greg other than loud, right, Tommy? Yeah. Yes, this is true. Yeah. Smolzy was probably right there. Smolzy was the same way. John was, uh, was and still is, you know, a. a a child trapped in a man's body. Yeah, I mean, smack just, talker. You know, really? Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And was he the yeah. best golfer? So he, he was a lot of fun. And Smoltz is the best golfer, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was. Yes, we, uh, let's just say I had to break out the checkbooks many times with him out on the golf course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I grew up. I grew up. Rick. Ro sure. Rick Roden played for the Pirates. And I did, he went on to win quite a few golf tournaments. I mean, baseball. What makes baseball players such good golf? I mean, athletes in general. But it seems like baseball players play better than football players or basketball players. I don't know. Well, because you know, position players will tell you that pitchers are so good because that's all we do, especially starting pitchers. <laughs> like the Braves and Tommy will attest to this. When we were with the Braves, I was just telling the story the other day of a couple of guys I golf with that when we shared the complex down with the Expos down in West Palm. They would have the later workouts than us. So us pitchers, if we weren't <laughs> pitching that day, we were already showered up and walking out at 9.15, 9.30, heading out for our tea time. And Vicero and Pedro Martinez and those guys would be like, are you guys leaving already? Seriously? <laughs> you know, and stuff. So they, the position players would tell you that we had all the time in our hand. I think hitters are, are naturally good. You know, a lot of them are good, good golfers because that swing does translate. It's yeah. the same thing as sort of keeping the hands inside and everything. You know, it's just, it's just a lower swing. But how do you deal with the windmill and all the obstacles? That's what. That's the only golf I was ever going to watch. Happy, Mil Happy Gilmore again. Yeah, exactly. yeah, get in the hole, yeah. uh, Tom. Where do you keep your 1995 World Series MVP, your Cy Youngs? Do you have an? Do you have a trophy room or anything? Are they close by to you? Well, I don't at the moment. So I, I did, uh, but I just sold my house in Atlanta. So um, my um, my World Series MVP trophy is on my mantle here at my house in Florida, and uh, the rest of the stuff. Uh, is in a box in another room. I didn't put it in storage because I didn't want uh, I didn't want to run run the risk of it disappearing on me. So yeah. uh, my Cy Young awards, um, most of the stuff that I kept from 300th win are uh, in the next room, uh, ready to go up uh, on the wall when we finish building our house down here in Florida. And the trophy for second place in the ladies' room. There's two and <laughs> two O's. Uh, any predictions? Uh, any predictions? Uh, for football, do you follow football? Are you a Patriots guy? Because I, I, again, being from Pittsburgh, I have a hard time talking about the Patriots. But are you you following the yeah, Patriots? I, and I understand. Yeah. I do. I am. I'm a big Pats fan, and uh, hasn't been fun the last couple of years. And um, you know, but hey, it's like I remind some of my friends who are quick to get on the Patriots because let's face it, everybody likes to get on the Patriots. You know, we have one. A I say we. I I didn't play, but uh, they have one. They. Uh, they have won a few world titles here in the last couple of years, so they've uh, they were due for a little bit of a downspell. So, and my question is, you know, the big debate then, obviously after after Brady left and everything, was you know what was the success due to? Was it him or yeah, was it Belichick? Exactly. You know, I mean, so what do you think, Tommy? Do you think it has a lot to do with that? Um, I mean, listen, uh, you know, you, you can't argue obviously what Brady meant to that team. Um, you know, could they? Uh, and, and, you know, there's the argument that obviously Brady went down to Tampa and, and won a championship down there, too. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, he he might lead the conversation a little bit in that <laughs> regard. But look, I, I think that, you know, both of them together, uh, I think they were, um, you know, mutually successful because of what each other brought to the mix. Right. I mean, look, obviously, Brady was a phenomenal quarterback. And, and um, you know, I do think. I think probably more in football more than anything else, and more than any other sport, it seems, 
um, you know, coaching really does seem to matter. And when you have guys that uh, put together good game plans or can make adjustments and do all those things, I think it uh, it goes a long way in that sport. And I don't think there's too much arguing that Belichick is certainly in the conversation amongst the best of all time at doing that. Uh, so I think they, uh, I think they benefited from each other, no question about it. But I mean, right now, I'd, I'd have to say Brady has the bragging rights because he, he's been able to win one since he left. So, yeah, uh, and and listen, I, I want to ask you one last thing here about about the new rule changes in baseball. Both of you guys, uh, Tom, you love to hit, right? I think you won four Silver Slugger awards. You could hit Denny, as we know, he likes to remind us that he hit two grand slams. And then Frank likes to remind everybody that you gave up seven grand slams, uh, the most ever by a man named Denny. Um, what do you, how do you feel about not seeing hitters hit and, and the pitch clock? I'd love to hear what both of you think on that. Go ahead, Tommy. Uh, huge, uh, huge fan of the pitch clock. Um, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, I've got a, uh, my son is playing minor league ball for the Nationals. Yes, so I saw that. they had the pitch clock. They had the pitch clock in the minor league. So when I watched most of his games last year, uh, they were quick. And I was like, man, this is good. This is really good. And I kept telling people, you know, you're going to love the pitch clock at the big league level. And, and you know, I think there were some interesting things to watch, right? Because, again, Denny can attest to this. You know, when you get to the big leagues, that's one of the things you have to learn to do as a young pitcher is slow the game down, right? When you start getting in trouble, you know, your your mind is going a million miles an hour and, and, you know, you have to really find a way to slow that thought process down and focus on what you're trying to do. And, and I just kind of thought the one area that would be interesting to see was, you know, how these young guys handled uh, the pitch clock with runners on base and, and the chaos that ensues with that. So um, I think by and large, though, that was OK. I didn't I didn't really see guys uh, have too many violations because of that. So I love that part of yeah. it. Um, you know, I, I equally love the, um, you know, whether the, the big bases had anything to do with the stolen base. <laughs> yeah. um, I think maybe, you know, I think maybe some guys were curious about it, right? And then they started to have success. So it was like, yeah, I'm going to run more. And and so I think that coming back, I think the no shift is great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it it made the single sexy again this year, right? It wasn't as much of a Unless you're you know, Kyle Schwarber. Unless you're Kyle and, Schwarber. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it wasn't as much sitting back waiting for, you know, a home run, a strikeout, or a walk like we had gotten so accustomed to watching. So, I think I think it's all good. And, and you know, I don't love the DH, but in, in truth – the pitchers hitting got so bad. It really did. Uh, that it was it was really hard to watch, right? And and I think that again, there I don't know Glavin or I, Nagels. I, I, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm right, I'm gonna and I'm gonna guess, Denny, right? In your day, we we didn't we didn't play baseball as a pitcher only, yeah. right? When we grew up, we played other positions most like there, there weren't too many guys on some of those staffs that I was a part of. Um, that when they when they weren't pitching they were playing another position and they were hitting third or fourth yes. in their high school lineup, <laughs> yeah. right? And and that, now these guys today, they're pitchers only. They never hit. And it's like, oh, hey, we're going to go learn how to hit in the big leagues. Yeah, all right. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, you know? I know. And are you a fan of the pitch clock? Would you like the pitch? I, I you, love the pitch clock. Yeah. Yep, because, I, you know, as you know, my pitching coach in, in Pittsburgh was Ray, Ray Miller. Ray Miller, yeah. Work fast, change speeds, throw strikes, you know, but the work fast thing too. I mean, I, I Tommy, no, Tommy worked fast also too and stuff. And I, I know what he's saying also too. It is interesting to see how these kids would react if how they got to almost continue to work fast if they're getting in jams and stuff. 
But man, I as a pitcher, I couldn't stand when hitters would get in there and oh just my God. kick in and kick in the hand up. No more. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No more. No more with the. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm a fan of it. I, I think it's great, and I I I I think the game's better for it. Uh, Ryan, you have a couple quick comments over there. Well, so talking about minor league baseball, they have also had the ABS, the ability to challenge balls and strikes. Yeah, that's and right. And so, what do you guys see that going forward? Do you like it? Do you like that sense of ABS? Oof. What do you think, Tommy? Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of that one. Um, now let's, uh, wait and see. You know, I, I know a lot of people have, have talked also about just going to the electronic strike zone. I can tell you as I'm sitting here today, if we go to an electronic strike zone, I most likely will not watch baseball anymore. Wow, I won't. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going there. Now you can talk to me about the ability to challenge a pitch and, and, you know, whether you get to do one and at bat or one a game, whatever the case may be. Um, but, uh, yeah, the electronic strikes zone thing as a whole, I am not a fan of. I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, I, honestly, and I don't know, Tommy, you, you, if you feel the same way about this too, but I feel like one of the worst things that happened too was this K zone and umpires yeah. getting judged on stuff. Yeah. Cause when Tommy and I came up and stuff too, you know, especially even him, you know, him before me, you, you knew which umpire was umpiring that day. You knew, okay, if you, Frank Pulley, he's going to give you more outside, or this guy's going to give you more up and down or whatever, you know? And so we knew it, the hitters knew it, everybody adjusted to that. And so ever since they did this with the K-Zone, I, I just think that it's made umpiring that much tougher, you know, yeah. I think for their for, on their behalf, too. So I like the human element. I don't think we should do away that with that. It sounds like it'll slow the game down. They just fixed the game to speed it up. Exactly. That like it'll slow. I, saw Zane, right. I saw Zane Smith, who you guys both know. I saw him pitch a game in an hour and 50 minutes at Three River Stadium. <laughs> it, was like, it, was like, it was over quick. But I like the – I think it's good for baseball. I think it's bringing more kids to the game. And anything that brings more eyes to the game is – is great, but I, I, Tom, I can't believe you would say that about the if it gets gets to the uh, the challenging. Well, fully, yeah, would yeah. be ridiculous. Yeah, it but would we've be been ridiculous. dealing with the challenge over at the Las Vegas ballpark, okay. and you get three three challenges a game as long as you don't get them wrong. Wow, and it's been seamless in the game. Like you really knows lose no time. So if they get one wrong, they lose then you one. Lose one, okay. and you only have two left or one left, whatever. See, that okay. sounds confusing. That's that's uh, the, then math comes into play, and you don't want to give Denny Nagel math, ladies and gentlemen. Ever He's since the, the new math, I'm screwed. <laughs> He's not good at math. Uh, Tom, last thing, any yeah. Halloween plans? Uh, I don't think so. My wife is a um, Halloween nut, so um, we're. She usually decorates, you know, real nice. And, you know, we're living down here on the beach, and she's got zombies set up in the backyard. So we see Tom, people Tom's going as a walking, Hooters, Hooters walking on the beach. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, with this body, why not? Come on. Well, I you thought, I thought I mean, you already yeah. – it, it looks like you were dressed up as uh, manager Joe Madden for Halloween. It looks a little Joe Maddenish right there, too, with yeah. the glasses in there. It looks good. Yeah, you know, I can't if, – yeah, if I didn't have my glasses on, I wouldn't be able to see you guys. I can see if you were a mile away, but I can't see you right in front of me. So. Well, Tom, this was a thrill. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the show, Punchlines. And one last Denny, question: Who, yeah, who do you got in the series? Yeah, who you rooting for in this? Or who do you got? Yeah, who do you got? Uh, I, I think ultimately Texas is gonna. I think that offense is gonna uh, is gonna be the deciding factor. Plus, they have Creed on their side. You guys, they have Creed. <laughs> They're playing Creed music in the locker room. Tom Glavin, thank you so much for being here. We really you, appreciate Tom. it. Yeah, Ryan says thank you as well. We'll be back with Chris Andrews, director of the Sportsbook here at South Point Casino. We're going to talk a little. We're going to talk all the sports because it's a big night in sports. Thanks for watching. We'll be right back. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas' top destinations for live entertainment? 
Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 12.30, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 12.30 a.m. in the Grand View Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grandview Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. Welcome back to Punchlines. Thank you to Tom Glavin for being on the show. That was unbelievable. By the way, Ryan, our producer, pointed out Pumpkin kind of looks like Tom Glavin a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> the glasses and the, the clear and then the big smile. I mean, what a nice guy, right? That was awesome. Uh, welcome in to uh, our boss here, ladies and gentlemen, who, who put, it, put the show together right for us. Uh, Punchlines here with Frank Nicotero. It's Chris Andrews from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and he's the director of the sports book here at the South Point. And uh, you guys were talking about, we were just, there's a replay of the game last night, Tyler Badgent. Uh, his dad is the this is like all time arm wrestler champ. I, I had no idea until last night, but I mean, the kid does have a good arm. I yeah. don't know what it has to do with arm wrestling. Maybe there's some genetics involved. I don't know. A, a buddy of mine, Christian, who's probably watching, he's like, dude. He goes, you didn't tell me that Badgent's dad was. Sick. He recognized Tyler Badgent. I did, would, did you know Tyler Badgent before last night? Yeah, well, I I'd seen a documentary on yes, Travis Wright. Yep, yes. yep. And so I knew his son was up and coming, but I I had no idea he was already with the Bears and everything. Yeah. But I loved I love watching all the arm wrestling stuff. My God, <laughs> who would be good arm wrestler? Were you an arm? You, you can't do it with your left arm. You got to. I was good left arm, but That's, teams would never want me no. to do it because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see why. Yeah. Who would be I, I actually I actually got invited to do this pro baseball players arm wrestling thing oh, no. back in like 1990. And they said the only way I could do it was if I did it right-handed. And I was like, oh, I want to do it left-handed. <laughs> this is my strength. But the, John Brzezink was the guy who was like the featured act because they had the real professional arm wrestlers there. And that guy is still, he's like 56, 57 years old and still beat guys like, you know, 25 years old. You say now. that age like it's old. <laughs> Daddy, I have news for you. Google I mean, he's like us. 78. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Tyler Badgett, I played that college, Shepherd College, but I, I, people recognize his dad might be more famous than him. Well, maybe not for long, but anyway, what a great story. Yeah, our guy Matt Neverett wanted to point out that he uh, is the only NFL quarterback from the FCS, not from non-FBS or FCS college. Yeah, he went to a Division two or three. Three, yeah, yeah right? Division three. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah I've played that college. There's only four thousand people there. 
Uh, at Shepherd College in West Virginia. Yeah, he's I think like I average did, class size I did 14. It with Rob Schneider once. Yeah, oh, yeah, really? Was, yeah, Rob wow, and I, I. Somehow my old agent in Pittsburgh had a connection with Shepherd College, the pipeline, and all his comics would drive down to West Virginia and have a blast. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Rob's going to be in Vegas in a week or two. We're going to try to get him on the show, by the way. So hopefully, Rob Schneider. Next week, Billy Gardell. We're very excited. I know Chris is excited. Chris, what fan, are you yeah. excited for tonight in Monday Night Football? We see the Lions. Ryan pointed out we're nine and a half point favorites at home. First game in forever in Detroit. It's down to seven everywhere. I, I need one of two things. Either the Lions blow them out or okay. the Raiders win outright. Okay. Right. <laughs> and of course, what figures to happen? Yeah. Yes. So. I don't know. I mean, that's 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 uh, a big I think Detroit's going to be super pumped. They got to come out on fire, right? Well, first Monday night game in I don't, I don't know, know how that, long. I don't know. It's like 20 or 30 years. Uh, re, they, they have to respond after just a horrible loss <laughs> last week. You know. But by the way, I tried to remind people. Whatever year it was that Brady won, you know, won the uh, Super Bowl with Tampa. Mm -hmm. you remember? I mean, it was like week thirteen or something. They lost thirty-five nothing to the Saints. Yes. I always, That's you know, right. just you know, one game. I mean, crazy things yeah. happen. You know, in, in any sport, but football could really get away from you quick. You know, so I don't. Yeah. I think I. Personally, I think Detroit responds tonight. So I hope so, yeah. I, I mean, I grew up a Lions fan. Billy Sims. and uh, Remember, I, Billy Sims. I loved Billy Sims and Eric Hipple. Who I, Eric I, Hipple. Eric yeah. Hipple. I remember he, he started on a Monday night game, and I had a little black and white TV. Ryan, TVs used to not be in color. They only came <laughs> in black you know, channel changers. They so weren't I, always flat either? It, no, it was a bit. No, <laughs> Frank, Frank would record the games on beta. I would, I had oh, a yeah. Max, yeah. And then I'd play them back on a reel-to-reel -reel tape. <laughs> I'd go out and start my dad's car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I remember watching Eric Hipple make his, his debut in the NFL. I think it was on a Monday night, and he had this great game. And he became my favorite player. He didn't last too long. But Monday Night Football is great. And the World Series tonight. Yeah. I, you know, I... I, I don't know if I like them, but yeah. I, I'm going to need Arizona. You need yeah, Arizona. I need Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> so the snake, the baby snakes, man. I mean, these guys yeah. are playing. Is it one of those things, Danny, where it's like they don't know how big the stage is, so they there's not as much pressure as a vet who struggled to get to World Series after playing for eight years? It might be a little tighter. I, I think so. You know, and, and I think it does help the fact that they're playing against Texas, who wasn't supposed to be there also, too. Right. You know, had they been playing against the Yankees, storied franchise having to go into New York. Right. I think that would make things a little bit more tough for them, you know, because, you know, because of the amount of, you know, it's already like Tommy said, it's already the pr enough pressure as it is just going there and, and all the cameras, all the press that happens with the world series. Right. But the fact that I think they're playing another team that's kind of a Cinderella story this year for the most part, I mean, Texas went out and got some big name free agents. Yes, they did. But the way they kind of faltered down the stretch and they had some key injuries and stuff. Let's face it, they really weren't supposed to be here also, too. So I think that helps the younger players on Arizona as well. Yeah, interesting. And you had a question for Danny? I have two questions, yeah, actually. Let, let me ask the first one. What makes Bochy such a great manager? That's a good question. Man, you know, it's like I'll tell you the same thing that I always said about Bobby Cox is that he is such a great guy that, first and foremost, he relates to his players. So many managers, you know, and, and coaches throughout every, every sport will tell you, my door is always open speech, you know. Bochy is one of those guys that, you know, he definitely means it. I love playing. never played for him. One of my favorite managers to play against because he's just yeah. such a good dude. So the players love playing for him first and foremost. And then from there, I think, you know, because of his calming presence, he's able to keep the guys even keel in situations like this. See, I, I, I grew up a Pirates fan, but I married a girl from Reno who, I, and she loves all sports, but she really loves the Giants. 
So, I mean, I'm with her. They won three World Series. You know, I mean, you can't help but being a little bit of a Giants fan, you know, especially for the Pirates. You know, Brandon Crawford Grand Slam still see it going over uh, any wall, man. Crushing my dreams. Yeah. Crushing my dreams. I know the name that we can never repeat. No, we won't say these names. I just can't. Tom Glavin, I had to, oh, the Braves in the game. They're so great. Oh, it's killing me. I have a couple of the worst losses. Yeah, no, no, it's just, <laughs> no, well, maybe, I don't know. I have, like, three of my worst losses of all time. That That's one, and then the, the two losses that the Steelers had against the Chargers. One oh, yeah. in 94, AFC Championship Okay, game that one, yeah. but before that, I'm trying to think, was it 83? I know it was the strike year, one of the strike years. 82? They had a 14-point lead over the Chargers, like, a minute into the game right. and blew the game. Uh, Jack Ham got called for holding in the end zone. Was that Dan Fouts' uh, era? Yeah, was, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, that was, that was bad. Then. I think it was 80, might be 82. 81 or 82. Well, we were yeah. talking about 82 because I think the NFL MVP that year, ah, Denny might know this, the strike season, a Redskin won the MVP. Yeah. Do you know who it is? Was it, was it Theismann? No. no. Was it Art Monk? No. no. It was your kicker. <laughs> oh, my God, that's right. I told Mark Mosley, yeah. Mark Mosley won the MVP in the NFL. Yeah. And the strike, I mean, come on. Dude, it was so funny. When, when I used to have season tickets to the Redskins, Mosley had season tickets like three rows in front of me. Oh, wow. And he would come decked out to every game with his perm nah. hair. Stuff, you know, I swear to God. <laughs> Wearing his own what, jersey? What, <laughs> not, not, not almost, but, you know, making sure he's flashing the ring. What, uh, do you guys want a beer over there? Uh, <laughs> I, what was the first question I asked Danny? Uh, where's the ring? Where's the ring? I know. <laughs> He's got his Yankee. Well, you pitched in the 2000 World Series. You won a ring. Yeah. Started game uh, four. Game four. And uh, so tonight, I mean, this is like first game for the World Series for this Brendan Pafat. <laughs> what do you remember? And by the way, we were talking, is it better to be a vet or a rookie? Not known. You were you were already in the league seven, eight years, right? Yeah. So what was that like starting game game four? Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, it was great. You know, I mean, that whole series was fun because it was a subway, subway series. series. So yeah. my, my family was being from Baltimore, could take the train up and be in New York the whole time. Because as you know, usually your family comes up for either games one and two or three, four and five in the middle. And then you go on the West Coast or wherever you're going for on the road. So for them to come up and be there for the whole series and stuff. I don't know if I told you this on the, the last show or not, too, but Billy Crystal was there no. shooting background scenes for the movie 61 oh, that he was shooting. Oh, wow, yeah. And so when we win, we're on the field, and he's got his camera crew out there, and I'm like, hey, Billy, this is my uncle, this is my dad, this is my cousin. He's like, holy cow, how many nagels are there? <laughs> oh, my God. And by the way, uh, was it Thomas Jane who played Mantle, I think? He uh, he actually was a right-hand hitter, so they he yes. reversed the film or something. He flipped it so he could run uh, and put the number uh, seven backwards because yeah. Jane couldn't hit lefty. Or Mickey was a switch hitter, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. One of them, maybe it was Barry Pepper. Who Might have been Barry Pepper. I think yeah. it was Barry Pepper. Uh, so they flipped the film, but I, that's a very underrated baseball movie. Definitely, it's Excellent Astros movie, yeah. 2061 that Billy Crystal directed. So, have you ever seen that movie? It's a really good one. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but it's a good good. That film. wasn't in black and white either. It was in color. <laughs> I have one more question for Danny. I mean, we're we're only here another minute. I know. Okay, they you know the 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 new uh, analytics guys. You know, wins don't count for a picture. That means nothing. Yeah. It's got to mean something to a pitcher, though, doesn't it? Don't you want to go out and get the win? Well, I mean, let's face it. You know, that's that's what you go to battle for for your contract situation. <laughs> yeah, so it okay. means a lot when you're going and negotiating arbitration and free agency. And yeah, stuff. <laughs> absolutely. But I always said, too, though, to be honest with you, to just take it one step farther, quality starts meant a lot for me, too, and my team's record in my starts, too. Yeah, Because oh, yeah. there'll be plenty of games where I can go out there and go six innings, two runs, one earn. And I'm losing two to one when I come out, okay. but I did my job, and then we score three in the eighth or something like yeah. that. But you are so a 20 game winner, though, too. I mean, that has yeah. to mean something, oh, doesn't absolutely. it? Absolutely, yeah. You know. Yeah. But in that game in Colorado that you hit a grand slam, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't we looked Colorado. up the score. We looked what up was the score. It? it was 14 to 12. 
14 to 12? I think it was 14 God, to 12. Reason, I, thought, that, I thought it was like 24 to 14. I think it was 14 to 12. I think it was 13. But 13, let me, yeah, let me it, check was, again. it wasn't in the Well, we won the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but who got I the gave win? up like eight earned runs. But. <laughs> well, when, we went, when he went to arbitration, he well, says, well, you know, I, I won that game. Slam. You know, I mean. I had a granny. Did yeah. you see that? <laughs> I had one with the Pirates against the Cubs as well. Uh, Halloween plans for tomorrow. We can talk about Halloween tomorrow. I guess, Chris, you won't be here tomorrow. But are you a big Halloween guy? I'm handing out. Well, yeah, I'm handing out. Candy. Now, are you a full size candy bar guy, or are you giving out minis? Well, I let my wife take care okay. of it, and she got the minis. Fra- Frank's <laughs> handing out candy too, but we won't talk about that. My hotel room here in the South Point. All right, uh, listen, Denny is here uh, tomorrow, and who's coming? Who's coming in tomorrow on the show? We got Greg Vaughn, my teammate. Home run yes, here. Greg Vaughn, and then on Wednesday, Marty Cordova, who is a local boy, right? Vegas guy, done good. Ninety five AL Rookie of the Year. I'm going to end the show as Kobe Bryant, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm going to get hyped for tomorrow's show. Greg Vaughn will be here. Denny Nagel will be back. We're going to go watch Monday Night Football. We're going to watch the World Series. I might do a parlay. I'll Frank take and I will over. dress as Ken and Barbie. We'll dress as Ken. Who's Ken? <laughs> yeah. Right. See, I let you guys pick first. Don't forget That's about it. our podcasts. Yes, I was going to say that. If you want to, if you're, hey, listen, if you drive to work and you can't watch TV while you're driving, you really shouldn't. Don't text and drive. Make sure you can get our podcast on Apple Spotify, where all you kids, where else do you get it? Do- Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Audible. Audible. I, these are all things on your phones nowadays. When I was a kid, we applications. Phone- applications. Is that what app stands for? Yeah. I thought it was appetizers. All right, listen, <laughs> another episode of Sports by the Book. Thank you. Special thank you to Tom Glavin. Very, very special thank you to Denny Nagel for flying in, and we'll be here two more days. Watch the World Series, watch Monday Night Football. We're going to talk about both of them tomorrow. Go Rangers. This is my Kobe. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow. 